0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, I really have enjoyed our time together, Raylan, but I got to get going. Before I do, I got you something to remember, old Clement, by. I think you're really going to like this.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding TV, a podcast about television. I am David Chen.
0: I'm Sarah Mars.
1: On today's episode of Decoding TV, we'll be discussing Justified City Primeval, Episode 8, The Question. You can find more episodes of this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. Find us on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, threads, etc., at Decoding TV. I uh, want to say a couple of announcements up top right now. Uh, First of all, our current plan is to do one additional post-mortem episode about Justified. Just a short little bonus episode kind of talking about some comparisons between the show and the book, uh, as well as addressing any feedback and emails you may have. So if you have any feedback and emails and reactions that you want us to read... Send them in as quickly as you can at decodingtv at gmail.com because we're probably recording that. We're probably recording that episode shortly before we record this episode right now. So, uh, yeah, send us in your emails, decodingtv at gmail.com. We're going to do one more episode talking about Justified City Primeval this season. I want to mention we're broadcasting live right now at youtube.com slash decoding So uh, you might hear some comments that we read off in the chat from people who are uh, interested to talk about decoding uh, decoding TV and also uh, Justified City Primeval, and I want to take one moment to say a big thank you to Sarah Mars for joining us uh, to, for Justified City Primeval this season. Sarah, this is our first collaboration, uh, and I've been just very impressed by your professionalism and your insights. And really appreciate you taking the chance on, you know, joining Decoding TV and sharing uh, your, your thoughts with us about this show. So thank you, Sarah.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: I hope you've had a good time. And uh, I've certainly enjoyed hearing from you about the show, even if I don't agree with everything you've said. <laughs> so, which happens quite often. So, uh, but it's been a really fun time. And, and uh, you know, if you see Sarah on the social medias or um, uh, want to shoot Sarah a compliment, you know, email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. I'll make sure she gets it or, or make a comment over at decodingtv.com.
0: Or if you want to remind me that Boyd Crowder killed Avery Markham in season six,
1: that was <laughs> one I of forgot. the, that was one of the emails I was going to read so that we did get a few emails at decodingtv at gmail.com. Micah wrote in uh, quick note. There is a mention of Avery Markham surviving season six and going back to Colorado. Uh, but in fact, he was killed by Boyd Crowder shot through the left eye. Micah K. wrote into DecodingTV at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. I mean, overall point still stands that the end of Justified main series was a mixed bag of real like, legal system justice, frontier justice, and karmic justice. mm -hmm. Different characters got different endings that kind of fit their pattern.
1: I wanted to read a couple of other emails real quick as well. Diana writes into DecodingTV at gmail.com. Uh, I said that my favorite line of the episode last week was uh, a line that Boyd Holbrook's character said, but several people wrote in to let me know that uh, my favorite line was actually a song lyric. The song title is Nothing From Nothing. It's sung by Billy Preston. Uh, So thanks to Diana for writing into DecodingTV at gmail.com with that uh, correction, or at least a piece of information. Uh, My musical knowledge is quite lacking, uh, Sarah Mars. So, you know, I gotta, I gotta work on that. But anyway, uh, thank you for that email. Really appreciate it. Uh, and there's, I think one more email I want to, uh, read later on in the episode, if we have time from long time listener and emailer in Reginald. Uh, so we will try to get to that later, but want to thank Reginald for his emails throughout the season. Uh, really appreciate it. Okay. Sarah Mars, Justified City Primeval, Episode 8, the season finale, possibly serious finale of the show. What did you think of the episode? You know, We're going to talk about our overall thoughts, and then we're going to dive into a spoiler-filled recap. But let's start with overall thoughts. What did you think of the episode? Did this show stick the landing with Episode 8?
0: Let me put it this way. To me, there's no such thing as a bad episode of Justified. Um, there's just good, great, and slightly less good. And I would actually put this one in the slightly less good bucket. Um, I don't think this is a ruinously bad finale like Game of Thrones, but I think there are a couple fundamental missteps mm. that they don't they don't stick the landing as cleanly as they did the first series, which just makes you appreciate how hard it is to wrap up a whole story like this like it's very difficult and um they didn't do quite they don't get out as clean this time as they did last time
1: yeah uh there were some nice moments in the in the finale for sure right in my opinion oh
0: yeah it's it's not without its moments yeah it's just I really felt like the original series, they wrapped everything up in ways that made sense, that it was like, okay, we've resolved this thematically plot wise, like everything is wound up pretty, pretty well. I felt really good coming out of that finale with this one. I'm a little more like, uh, don't love a couple of key decisions that were made. And, um, We can talk more about that later in spoilers, but I um, just think that it was not quite as tidy. And I think that wouldn't be such a big problem if we knew we were getting more and we don't. So they are making promises. They probably can't keep, which is like something I always with television. I'm always like, don't do that. There's this, there's this thought among TV writers that you end on a cliffhanger to guarantee the next season pickup, but how many times has that blown up in people's faces and you never get the next season and then you've just ended on a cliffhanger and it's very unsatisfying and again we talk more about it later but i just feel like oh they kind of critical aired that
1: yeah uh i don't know man i'm i'm pretty mixed on this finale I would say the biggest issue I have with the finale of Justified City Primeval, which is a show that I've, uh, from what I can tell, I have enjoyed more than most people I've read online. You know, I think a a lot of people have not been super happy with this season. Uh, I I have liked it overall. But I think huge parts of the finale rely on people making very, very stupid decisions. You know? Uh, Decisions Mm -hmm. that make kind of no sense at all and Mm -hmm. as a result it does sap away the power of of some of the the plot details but even putting that aside the finale also makes some really big swings uh that as you indicated it's unclear if they're going to really pay off and so at this moment, you know, we'll we'll have more time to talk about it in our bonus episode after we've had a little bit more time to process it, but at this moment I can't say I thought they stuck the landing. I mean, the other the other question is also did this finale and therefore this show justify its existence? And what I mean by that is are we happy they brought Raylan Givens back?
0: <laughs>
1: TV history is littered with instances in which They've tried to bring back a show and it's succeeded or they tried to bring back a show and it's failed. I'm just going to give you a couple examples right off the top of my head. Uh, Family Guy. That's a show that died. They brought it back. It's still on the air. Uh, it's still going strong. Uh, Arrest Development. That is a show that they should not have brought back. You know, they tried to bring it back. It wasn't—they never recaptured the magic of the originals. Uh, so what is Justified City Primeval? Is it a show that they sh- quote-unquote should have brought back? What do you think, Sarah Morris?
0: I... <sighs> I think if they had not done the last 10 minutes, I might feel stronger Mm -hmm. that they justified bringing it back to make a pun on the whole thing. Um, there's, there's a concept in storytelling of want versus need. And, you know, I, I'm a film critic. I write about film and TV, but I'm also a writer and I'm an editor. I write short fiction. I have edited short fiction for publication in real magazines that you can pick up and hold. Um, I have had over the years, many, many conversations from both sides of the desk as the writer, as the editor, conversations about want versus need. What does the story want? What does the story need? What does the audience want? What does the audience need? What do you as the author want? And what do you need? And the truth is the wants are almost always superfluous. They're fan service. It's I, lo- I wrote this turn of phrase and I love it and I don't want to cut it. And it's like, no, writing is a process of kill your darlings. And I think some of the best writing is the most cold blooded editing where you are just slashing and burning anything that detracts from the story that you are telling, not the plot. That's what happens. The story is why it's happening. And I feel like Original Justified had a very clear story, even when some of the seasons maybe meandered a little bit or took detours that didn't quite go anywhere, even among a little bit of that multi seasonal messiness. Thematically, it was always very, very clear of what the story is. And ultimately, especially when they started driving to the, the last season. All of the momentum, all of the narrative momentum, all of the plot momentum, all of the character momentum is just honing in on that story and what it needs to be resolved in a satisfactory manner. City Primeval, I don't think, I think they gave into the wants. I think they gave into what they love about the character, what they love about writing the character, what Timothy Oliphant loves about playing the character what they love about other characters that they brought back. (laughs) Um, And they never really maybe took, but what does it need far enough? And that is where I think it wobbles down a little bit in terms of like, I love this character. I love the show. I'm happy just spending time with Raylan and seeing what he's up to. Did we need it? No, probably not. <laughs> like Justify it again. It ended really well. And it established, like, truly, we end in, in the same place that we begin, essentially, because the original series had this little flash forward a few years where Raylan's in Miami. He's getting along with Winona. Willa's playing. She's cute. Seems fine. And you get a sense that he's kind of resolved his big issues and he's moving forward in a more you know, healthy and and productive way. And he's going to be a better father to Willa than his own father was to him. And the cycle is broken. Well, that's pretty much where we end up 15 years later. And it's like, well, then what, what were we doing here? Like what, you know, and yeah, I love spending time with Rylan. So to an extent as a fan, I'm never going to complain about getting to spend more time with him, but like thinking about it critically. And I do believe you can love something. You can be a fan of something and you can still think about it critically I don't think they quite got there with why are we bringing this character back? What are we saying about this character, the world he occupies and all of these things in a way that felt really cohesive? Like it it felt a little messy. And, you know, if you just if you just want to have a series of eight episodes that's railing on cool adventures, great. Don't bring in Willa, don't bring in unnamed characters at the end mm-hmm. don't don't talk about important don't don't make allusions to real world issues you know and things like just just live in that world and just be that world and that's fine um but I think they tried to do some stuff they end up not really delivering on
1: mm. I think that's all beautifully said and accurate, and I think i I basically agree a hundred percent because the the series nodded at a bunch of different things, right? It it kind of alluded to a bunch of... Ray, Raylan as a family man, you know, um, uh, corrupt law enforcement and, you know, uh, racial injustice and a- all these different things that I don't... Uh, that, that felt at times at odds with the show that they were making, which at its core to me felt like a fun summer romp. Right. That's kind of despite the sociopathic murdering of some people, it felt like, hey, this is kind of like a a novel you'd read on the beach, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. But it kind of reaches for these things that are more important or deeper or that that tie into the longer history of Justified. And as you said, I don't know that it fully has the time or the will to really explore those things in a way that felt like it would do them justice. I think when it comes to the question of, was it worth bringing Raylan Givens back as a character and like what Raylan Givens arc was, I'll I'll say a little bit about Raylan Givens arc. Right. Uh, And so this will be a little bit spoilery for what happens with Raylan Givens character. He doesn't really learn anything or change except For the one decision he makes at the end of the episode, or towards the end of the episode, which is he decides to retire, right? So, Mm -hmm. we have seen stories where we're revisiting a character, like, decades later, and, oh, they're so different, and they're wise, and they've learned a bunch. And this wasn't really that character, as far as I could tell. Um, We saw Raylan Givens try to do things the right way, which is what he always did, you know? We saw him... Perform extra okay, I guess not, you know, but we saw him perform extrajudicial violence, you know. That's a thing that he always has done. Um the only difference here is he decided, hey, I'm I'm hanging it up, I'm not doing it anymore. Maybe. For now. Was that enough of a reason to bring him back? I don't know. I mean, like, I compare it to like a movie like Logan, let's say. do you see Logan, the uh Hugh Jackman, right?
0: Of course, I've like, seen it. Boyd
1: Holbrook's in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. We're all bo- we're Boyd heads on here, um, and that, that's a movie where it's like, oh, this is a different character than the one we saw. But he, this guy is bitter and old and alone, and uh, and he's on his last legs. And uh, and I understand why we're telling this story because, uh, you know, he's it, it's a different perspective on this character. With Justified City Primeval, yeah, he's fish out of water. He's a little bit out of his element, but he's. Pretty much the same Raylan that we always knew. And that to me, again, as you said, wouldn't be disappointing if they if that was kind of what it felt like they were trying to do. You know, just hey, hey, it's a little fun Raylan adventure, but it gets messy. You know, it gets too messy <laughs> with all the stuff that they're trying to introduce. And so I don't know that they're fully successful in that regard. So all right, shall we get to the recap? Sarah Morris? Yes. All right. All right. Well, those are our overall thoughts on Justified City Primeval, Episode 8, The Question.
0: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, It's a a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
1: uh, the episode itself. Now, we usually recap the uh, by plotline or by character. Today, we're going to talk about each phase of the episode because that makes more sense, right? So that's
0: how I outlined it. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, you all you chose a you chose a path that makes sense. So at the start of the episode, Carolyn is with the Albanians uh, who lock Clement Mansell in Skender's panic room, intending to leave him to slowly die inside. Clement taunts Raylan about going to Florida, but Raylan, understanding the setup, makes you know, performs the final act of locking Clement inside. Toma gives Raylan the judge's notebook, which he uses along with Norbert and Wendell to arrest Maureen for corruption. Clement is unable to escape the panic room. For all intents and purposes, Clement Mansell's dead, and Raylan's job is done. Let's pause for a m- minute, talk about this, because... I have to say I found this entire section of the episode to be bewildering <laughs> because so many decisions are made that are just odd. First of all, the idea that we're wrapping up this whole plot in the first 10 minutes of the show, I was like, that doesn't feel – that's not going to happen. That doesn't feel – something terrible is going to happen that's going to undo what's going on right here, right? So it, di- it didn't feel like the Clement storyline would just tie up in the first 10 minutes. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. The Albanians leaving him alive in the room, not even chaining him up, not even doing something that would uh, constrain him in any way, you know, felt like it made absolutely no sense. Because uh, th- they like smash, they smash the box of, um, that, of electronics that would get him out of the room. So they're clearly not trying to leave no trace behind of their presence. Uh, and then they just kind of leave him in there alive, to fend for himself on his own recognizance, unrestrained, and then Toma gives Raylan the judge's notebook, it's, which is like a, I I guess the Albanians are really cool working with law enforcement. You know, I understand if they don't kill Raylan, that makes sense, but giving him the book, it it just is like, uh, none of the decisions the Albanians are making make any sense to me. What do you think, Sarah Mars? Uh,
0: I'm gonna touch on book versus movie. Because this is a big part of the finale in the book is the Albanians locking Clement in this panic room. Yeah, well, I want to I, I wanna hear, I
1: wanna hear about book versus movie, but tell, putting aside um, book versus movie first, tell me like what your reaction was to what well, happened. Well, it,
0: it, it comes about very quickly. And it's that thing of like, we did not see enough of Thomas specifically. I'm not saying we needed to spend time with every Albanian in the Mafia. Um, But we needed more of Toma to understand why this is the decision that he makes, why he thinks this is the best way to deal with, you know, he says like, oh, it's like Skinder doing it because he takes him to the place where Clement injured Skinder. But I feel like if we had seen a little bit more of Toma and his decision making specifically, we would understand better how he arrives at this decision. But we didn't spend a lot of time with the Albanians. You know, we had four whole episodes that we wasted on Will <laughs> that we could have been spending on the Albanians. But really, we also, once they introduced the blood feud, we had like two whole episodes where there was just none of that. It's like they weren't a big enough presence. And Toma, very least, Toma needed to be a little bit more of a character. Um, so that we understand where he's coming from and why this is his decision and why he does give Raylan the book. You know, like you said, it would make sense for him to choose to leave Raylan alive. He really doesn't have beef with Raylan. They're trying to kill the same guy to Toma. Like, Hey, look, he's going to die. Like, we're all happy. Now you go get out of town. That would have made a lot of sense, but why does he give him the book? Why does he give up the power that the book represents? So again, like we needed a little bit more of Toma to make that decision make sense. And that's where some of the messiness of this finale comes in is people are making decisions with very thin, if at all any scaffolding of why this is is happening. Again, it's that story. It's like the plot is Toma locks Clement in this garage to die and gives rail in the book. But the story is why is he doing this? And we don't know. I mean, we don't have enough information. Um, It's, it's basically happening because that is what happened in the book. And I brought up in our last conversation The rules of City Primeval, the novel, versus the rules of Raylan Givens, the character. And I think this episode is where those two sets of rules are most in conflict, and they can't quite reconcile the gap between what a Raylan story dictates by its rules, by the rules of this character, versus what City Primeval dictates by its established, this book exists, it has an established finale. Um, And so they're going by what happens in the book. And it's like, but maybe in the world of Raylan, that doesn't make the most sense. And I feel that in this episode, they bent toward the rules of the book when they should have been bending City Primeval toward the rules of Raylan.
1: Can you say a little bit more about that? Like, what rules are you referring to? Right.
0: Well, Raylan is an archetype that goes way back in the American mythos. He is the gunslinger. He is the white hat cowboy who rides into town. He's the pale rider. He fixes the problem and he rides back out. Um, Now, the original series, the premise is basically what happens if that blowing on the wind cowboy, that's why he's a marshal, by the way, because they hunt fugitives. Yes, they're assigned out of offices, but marshals go all over. You know, a a cop is limited to their jurisdiction. FBI is limited to America. CIA is supposed to be limited to not America. Texas Rangers are limited to Texas, et cetera, et cetera. Marshals go everywhere. That's why he's a marshal. So he can literally blow into any town, anywhere, anytime on a fugitive hunt. And he's that character of he arrives, he's going to have the showdown, and he's going to Leave. He's not going to stay. Justified premises. It on. What if he gets stuck? What if he can't leave town? What if we have this this you know footloose and fancy free cowboy type who just cannot for the life of him escape this place? And so all these things happen as a consequence. Um, this is more in line. City primeval. The idea that Raylan just on a consequence, on a whim, on fate's whim, winds up in Detroit. Could have been anywhere. Could have been any town. You know, he just winds up there and has this adventure very much in the rules of that lone cowboy gunslinger blowing in and out of town to solve the locals problems archetype. But he doesn't need this like poetic justice that Toma is trying to assign to Clement Mansell. Raylan has to have the showdown. So and it happens in the book. I mean, it's it's there's they're very much sticking to the outline of the final chapters of the book here. But just the way that it is set up, the way the characters are set up, I just feel that there's a real conflict between if this is a Raylan story, that mess with the garage never happens. Like it just never we don't even do that because it doesn't ultimately serve a purpose because Clement ultimately gets out. So it's like, you know, it's one thing to read it in a book and it's building from a certain story, but we've only halfway been telling that story this whole time.
1: Right. In the, in the book, you'd get a lot more of Toma's interiority or whatever, right? Well, it's not
0: necessarily Toma's interiority. It's the the protagonist of the book is, is Raymond Cruz. Who's just a different character. mm -hmm. He's a local cop. He's an outsider, which that matches with Raylan a little bit. Um, But he's also very notably, a little too young for his position. He's the acting lieutenant of his department. And it's repeated quite often that he's young for that position. And he's trying to project an age, a stateliness, a wisdom he doesn't really possess. And there's a tension between him trying to fill these shoes he's not quite ready for and getting caught up with Clement and the Albanians and all of this mess. Um, And so things that arise in the book are arising out of a different circumstance than Raylan is a very seasoned lawman. He is closer to the end of his career than he is to the beginning of it. And he is used to blowing in and out of town and assisting the locals on these different cases as he's hunting fugitives. So it's just a different it's a different rule book. He would make different decisions. You arrive at the conclusion. You can get to the same place, Clement and Raylan having a showdown at Carolyn's house, but you're going to get there on a different path than what you're going to do if you're following. Again, the rules of the book are, well, this is what happens. They lock him in the garage and then they go back and then he gets out. And then it's and it's like, well, yeah, but you could also say with the rules of Raylan go, you know, this way. So we're going to go this way instead. <sighs> and we're going to cut the whole garage because they never made a big enough deal of the Albanians. Yeah, the Albanians yeah, I, are a much bigger factor. I, I,
1: I, so. I, I completely agree with that. The first point. I don't know if I agree with the second point. Like th- your first point is uh, that, they didn't do a good enough job of exploring the Albanians and why they would make these decisions. And I completely agree. Um, now, given that that has occurred already, Raylan's actions seem reasonable to me. Like, he, the, he's, he's basically helpless in that situation. So, of course, he's going to agree to what they do. Yeah. Um, so, it, it actually makes sense to me. Like, once we've gotten to that point, it's actually fine for me that he doesn't show down with Clement right there. Um, but oh, I agree. Yeah. No, I agree with you that, like, we should. It was I'm just weird. saying we could have yeah.
0: had a completely different path to the final moments rather than that whole garage bit. We could have just not done that and done something else that Indeed. maybe made more sense for the for the show. But they're following the rules of the book. This is what happens in the book, therefore it is what mm-hmm. happens in the show. And what I'm saying is want versus need. Do you do you need it to happen for the show, or do you want it to happen because it's what happens in the book?
1: Indeed, okay, fair enough. Uh, Let's talk about what else happens in this story. Uh, Carolyn has a meeting with the lieutenant governor and makes the case for her getting the judge's bench and tells the lieutenant governor about Diane being dirty, implies the governor also has friends in the book. Raylan and Carolyn have a nice moment in Carolyn's freestanding tub uh, in which she talks to him about how she never really wanted this house in the first place. But Raylan can't sleep. He leaves Carolyn to go let Clement out and have a showdown. She understands what he's doing and seems disappointed he can't just let it go. However, a two-hour flashback reveals that Skender the Albanian went to the panic room to kill Clement himself to get back his honor. Clement kills him, of course, and now he has a gun, too. Clement then wipes out the Albanians. Now, did you know this was coming from the book, Sarah Mars? This is how it happens? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I was was hoping they were going to just hard left away from this.
1: Well, I will just say as a viewer... The whole sequence is pretty ridiculous and almost comical. Like when Raylan arrives on scene, and, and it then cuts to like two hours ago, which I don't think Justified has ever done before. Sarah Mars has it done anything like that? Maybe, maybe once or twice, but. <sighs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there were probably episodes where it would be like somebody's off doing something and it'll be like, and here's what this other person was doing at the same time.
1: Right. It's almost like slapstick. Like he shows up, he's like, oh my, oh my gosh. And then it's like two hours ago. Here's what happened. Uh, Skender going up, like they, they have Clement Mansell dead to rights. Skender goes up and messes it all up. Then Clement Mansell apparently, uh, who, who knew, complete killing machine what's funny about this whole sequence is they've kind of built up the Albanians to be quasi badasses, but they just get wiped out by this dude who like storms in there uh, with no preparation whatsoever. Uh, It felt pretty silly and ridiculous to me and made me wonder what the point of all this Albanian backstory was. You know, It, it, it felt like basically it felt like overall the Albanians were very ill served this season given how this plot line ended. What do you think, Sarah Mars?
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, the two hours earlier, it's a comedy cut. Yes. And it's a little bit tasteless, given what follows. Because what happens is the Albanians work out of a, a nursing home. And what Clement does is basically a mass shooting at these people's workplace. And this is where it's like you, you try to have things to say about extrajudicial justice, but you're not going to do anything about the mass shootings in public places in America. And <laughs> like, it's a little like, okay. <laughs> um, and again, like if we knew more about the Albanians, if we were a little bit more invested in Toma, maybe that moment lands a little differently. Maybe we feel differently about it. But I just really felt nothing. I felt like it's, it's staged well, there are some really good old fashioned squib like blood effects that you kind of don't see anymore because it's people just do them with computers. Now you just add blood later. Um, But no, there were some great classic, like Terry Kenny's biting down on a blood capsule. And it's like all that. I'm like, Oh, that's not like old, old school effects. Great. Great to see. Um, But at the same time, character moment, narrative moment. I'm like, this is completely falling flat because again, we just do not have the scaffolding for it. We, we don't have the buildup and it's the same thing with the garage. It's, is this happening because you need it to, or is this happening because you want it to, because it's what happens in the book. Like they're just really hitting the book beats in a way that I'm like, you you don't owe that level of fealty to the book. You've already broken like a different protagonist. Like like, what are we doing?
1: Right. Uh, and, And like Skender's decision is so stupid. And also his buddy's decision to send Skender to Clement Mansell with a gun, he like gives him a gun. He's like, "Go, blaze your glory," you know, Um, and he just kill, kill Clement Mensa. And it's like he sends him there with no backup, no backup? N- nothing. The, the
0: dude can barely walk.
1: It, it just is and like
0: y- you don't go with him.
1: It is baffling decision after baffling decision by the Albanians. This episode, it just makes absolutely no sense, you know, to me. And
0: I just feel it's, at some point somebody should have. And this is. This is truly the benefit of film versus television, because with a film, I mean, not that your script is ever really done. You can make changes mid-production, et cetera, et cetera. But at least with a script, you have a beginning, a middle, and an end with a movie. Like, you know the ending going in. Like, you know what you're working toward. With TV, sometimes you don't really... And you're still writing as you're as you're in production and you're still doing new up. You're breaking new story episodes as you're as you're in. Like, it's just like all kind of happening at the same time. And it's like this is where it would have been beneficial for somebody to sit down and go. Either the Albanians need to be a Looney Tunes joke and Clement, like the whole thing with Skinder, and then Clement killing them all like that needs to be like a Tarantino level. Right of Looney Tunes comical violence. Correct. Where it's just like, we know we're in fantasy land, like John Wick level. This is just so far over the top that we can just enjoy it as aesthetics and as a catharsis and not really worry about what it all means. Um, or we need to invest more in those characters and this moment needs to land harder and we need to feel it and and feel the the loss of it. But we don't really we don't really get there. So it's just in between. And again, like it's the, it's the messiness of this episode.
1: When a character like Toma dies, you want it to feel like tragic. You know, he says, he says his son is an idiot. He calls his son an idiot. Like I can't believe you caused this to happen. And, and there, you know, there's a, a kind of tragic quality to, uh, but is Skender Thomas' son? By the way, am I getting that right?
0: I think he's his nephew. Nephew. Yeah, I don't, sorry,
1: sorry about that. I don't I,
0: think he's his son. Yeah, I apologize. Um, but I think, I think it should. Thomas' death and it was staged in a way that you can tell they wanted it to land like this, but it should have felt like. The death of Arlo Givens, or the death of Mag's Bennett, or you know, like the, the death right. of some of these bigger—the death of Bo Crowder, at least for Boyd, like the death of Bo Crowder, like some of these bigger characters yeah. kind of hang over Raylan and different characters and Justify. Like it should have felt more like that, but we don't know Toma. We have no investment in him. He's basically just a plot device. So when he dies, it's like I was literally like, "Cool, Squid."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, yeah, and that's a bummer, that's a bummer because you it feels like, like as people who watch t v it feels like oh, this death should have some significance, and it doesn't yeah, really, it and felt you
0: like it was supposed to
1: and, and it could have you feel like it could have if they'd maybe we could have used some of that willa time on toma, you know what I'm saying, so uh anyway, uh but you're right, toma is skender's uncle f y so sorry, I got that wrong, apologies for that, uh but anyway, yeah, well, at the end of the day sarah mars i think what we've learned is you know this episode of justified was a was a story about a guy that they put into like some kind of prison-like structure and they probably shouldn't have let him out and also clement mansell
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you know what i'm saying okay Uh (laughs) okay
1: All right. So anyway, let's. Uh, you, you're, you're the um, my my other co on my other podcast have heard that joke uh, hundreds of other times. So that's your first boom goes the dynamite here on the, this uh, justified decoding TV episode. All right. Uh, so oh, and the one other thing I wanted to say actually, there's a couple follow-ups. Y- y- great point about how it could have been really comical and wacky. But the Clement Mansell killing everyone scene is filmed more like a horror film, right? Like and yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's done like a, like a horror film. But it's like wow, this this I don't know if this really fits with uh, with kind of what is going on the rest of the tone of the show. Uh, the other thing is we mentioned Norbert and Wendell arrest Morning for corruption. Uh, would Norbert really be sitting on the side of internal affairs? I don't believe that. But whatever, moving past that. Uh, We don't actually find out what happens to Maureen, right? And Maureen brings up something that I, David Chen, have thought since the beginning of the show, which is, is a page out of some book really going to be that compelling as evidence? What if uh, the judge was writing fiction? You know, he was writing a a speculative fiction. And, you you know, like, it's like, uh, by itself the book actually isn't that compelling as evidence against people like maureen if they have other evidence like bank statements and other stuff like and they can match it up then it, it might be but i don't know man i think maureen is probably not going to go down for this you have any thoughts on maureen's fate
0: uh, i mean i think the point is that they're trying um i do think it's like how hard is it really to like track the money like how hard is that going to be really you know, like, I don't know, Maureen. All they have to do. Maureen is,
1: seems like a smart cookie, uh, Sarah. Morris. Yeah,
0: but it's 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 way harder to hide money than people think. I mean, <laughs> um, Sarah knows, so she's expert <laughs> at this. It's it's just one of those things. It's like it's convenient for movies and TV to be like, I hid the money, and it's like oh, in this day and age, that's pretty hard. Um, but it, it is, I think, all they have to do is track the payments, just one payment and she's done. Um, I do think it's kind of like what is the real value of, of the book, you know? But it's also like if she's there's this thing called Fruit of the Poisonous Tree in the legal system. If they get her on one thing, every case she's touched is now tainted. And it's like they don't have to necessarily get her for everything. They just have to get her for one thing and then the domino effect, the fruit of the poisonous tree is all of her cases are torched. How many people are going to get out of jail that probably shouldn't cuz like Norbert said, like he'll he'll frame somebody if he knows they did something else. Like if he can't get them on that thing, he'll get them for literally anything else. So for Marine, it's like do they need to get her or do they just need to make a deal? Like, because do they, they, they probably don't want it hitting the news. Like the the Detroit PD, if you, if you game it out, like how is this really going to play out? It's like, well, Detroit PD probably doesn't want it out there that they have dirty cops in a book written down somewhere. And then all of these tainted cases that would end up with so many people being released from jail. They probably don't want that. They don't want the shame of that or the, you know, the, public dent on their reputation, which, like, isn't great to begin with, but whatever. Um, so it's like, do they have to actually get her, or do they just have to convince her to take an early retirement, just get her off the right. of force?
1: I think Maureen's so, going to be fine. That's my If, if there is well, a Justified City Primeval season two, Maureen is not in jail. That's
0: my guess. I, I bet she's not in jail, but I bet she's not a cop. It's oh, that thing yeah, of, uh, like, like, Ava Crowder's, like, Ava didn't get arrested, but she's not living a great life, and it's like, well, Maureen you know, she might not be a cop anymore. And maybe she has to explain to people in her life, something about why she's not a cop anymore. Like maybe her, her double life is coming down.
1: All right. Let's talk about what happens at the end of the episode. Raylan finds Skender dead and warns Carolyn to run. Uh, He goes to Carolyn's house and then Clement comes in to kill Carolyn. In his final monologues, he claims his dad was a musician who played with Waylon Jennings Clement says he has something for Raylan reaches into his pocket and Raylan shoots him, but Clement was reaching for one of his tapes, not a gun. Raylan has gotten his man for real this time. Let's pause for a moment. What do we think of the scene? I thought it was a, a pretty solid final confrontation that gives people what they were looking for when it comes to Raylan give versus Clement Mansell. Uh, Clement Mansell, you know, he thought Clement Mansell was reaching for his gun. In fact, he was reaching for something even more dangerous, which is a demo tape featuring his music. His, music.
0: <laughs> his crappy Jack he, White knockoff music.
1: Even more likely to cause sickness and death than a gun. Uh, so, yeah, what did you think of, of this final confrontation? It, when he kills him, it is shocking. You know, it is like a, a surprising moment for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it was very well staged. Again, great squib work, um, and I loved Boyd Holbrook's like delivery of his last line. Like you know, it was really well done. But I do think this is one of two critical errors in the episode. And again, it's like we can arrive at this point. It was clear from the beginning that you couldn't leave Clement alive, and that it was going to be a showdown between Raylan and Clement. Um, it's just a matter of how do we get there. And I think they got there the wrong way. And I really do not like that they put this questionable shooting on Raylan um, because it happens in the real world all the time. And audiences aren't stupid. And when people say like, Oh, gun violence on TV, like equals gun violence in real life. I'm like, no, it doesn't like people aren't dumb. They know the difference and there is something actually cathartic about, you know, fictionalized violence that we understand isn't real and could never really happen and we can enjoy it in that regard. And that is like Tarantino movies and John Wick movies and Looney Tunes. And they're so violent. Those Looney Tunes cartoons. I always reference that. People are like, why do you think those are violent? I'm like, have you watched them? <laughs> they're so violent. Um, but it's, I, but this is something that happens in the real world where police shoot people who are reaching for something harmless, a bag of Skittles or a comb or whatever. And it's just nothing. And then someone's dead. Now, Clement is not innocent. Like, <laughs> No one's gonna mourn Clement Mansell, um, but I think all of Raylan's shootings previously were, to quote the title of the show, justified. You know, and Clement was apparently like not armed. <laughs> and he wasn't going for no, a he, gun.
1: I, I think he was, he and was armed. I think, actually,
0: no, he, the, he had, the there's gun there's a in shot the back from the his.
1: back that shows you that he had. a yeah, gun. Yeah, so. He
0: had the gun in the back of it. So he did have a gun on him, which is probably why Raylan's not in jail. Um, but it's, I, I was thinking more of the conflict that he had with Boone at the end of season six, where they have a literal showdown in the street <laughs> at the end of season six. And I was kind of like, that is, again, the rules of Raylan versus the rules of the book. And the rules of Raylan are, we're going to have a showdown, but it's going to be an Old West style, you versus me in the broad light of day, staring down the street, like we're going to have that moment. And here again, we're playing by the rules of the book. And it's it doesn't sit as easily on Raylan as it does on Raymond Cruz, who's in over his head from the beginning. And it coalesces in this moment. Never had the feeling that Raylan was in over his head. I always had the feeling that he understood how dangerous Clement was and that Clement couldn't be allowed to continue. Um, he understood that like he knew where this was going. He was trying to make it end some other way, but there was Uh a part of Raylan that knew this was a possibility. Um, And so I kind of was like, again, it's like we can get to this moment with Clement and Raylan, and we can get to it differently, and it can play out differently, by the rules of Raylan, not the rules of the book. But again, they bent toward the book, and I'm like, this needs to be bending toward Raylan. Well,
1: I I, I guess I'm not, you know, I don't really agree with your construct of like bending towards the the rules of Raylan. Like, I think it should be what is demanded, like what the story demands and what the character demands, right? Uh, so I, I agree with you that this is like not a fully satisfying ending for the two of them, because what like w- what are we to make of what happens here? Like w- what are, what is the take home message from railing killing him? Right, I I think what the show is reaching towards is you know Clement Mansell's speech is like you know we're not friends but we could have been in another life. You know he's kind of like I could have been your your Boyd. Crowder, you know, I could have been your boy Crowder in another life, but like we're, we're just, we're we're two people that were like separated, you know, like our, we, we have the same sort of sensibilities, but like we're separated on different paths and it's nurture versus nature or whatever, you know, it's trying to make this grand statement about, um, oh, this tragic relationship between Clement and Raylan Givens needs to end here in this way. I don't really think it pulls it off. Right, like no, because Clement Mansell, as a character, is just not interesting enough as portrayed in the show, in my opinion, right um, what is driving him? He just seems to be an insane person who wants money that's like that's the whole thing, as far as I can tell, uh, who is also sad that he doesn't have a bigger musical career, you know um, so so basically, what I'm saying is i. I don't mind the concept of what they tried to pull off. I I am not a fan of the execution, but having Raylan shoot Clement in this way to me was not inherently a bad outcome narratively, if that makes sense. So we may, we may disagree on this point and that's fine, but that's kind I, of what I, I am I,
0: I don't really think it's a bad outcome. I just think there was a, Better one. Like there, there was again, like like I, yeah. What what do you have in mind when you,
1: what do you have in mind when, when that, when, well, honestly,
0: they really, I think part of the problem with Clement in this depiction of him in the show is that they've kind of already done this. Like he's not Boyd, he doesn't share the history with Raylan that Boyd Crowder does. So you automatically don't have that. And they acknowledge it. Like we could have been this, but yeah. fate, we're not, you know. But we're not. And that's kind of a, a nice thing. This little could have been a justified
1: of, reboot, but instead it's justified city primeval, basically, right? Is it, what it's saying.
0: but it's it's that thing of uh I like that they acknowledged it. Like we could have been, but we're not. Yeah. Um and then really, but what they really did, they did it at the end of season six with Boone. Just the the character that is just unhinged doing stuff to do stuff, Joker-esque, like you know, somebody who has to be put down, you can't leave them out there. Um, and then he had the the showdown and it was very satisfying. And that was that. And now they're kind of replaying it with Clement. Um, and I, I just don't, it doesn't 100% settle. Like, I think it's like maybe like 75 to 80%. Like, it's just not all the way there for me. Um, and it's because I think they're kind of playing that that relationship with Clement and Raylan in a way that is like, That's not really the relationship that you have. You guys have a Batman Joker relationship, like you know. And and I I didn't I don't know. It just something about it didn't quite land. Um, I think it's it's more it's definitely more satisfying than the bit of business with the garage and the Albanians. Um, But I think it's hewing too close to things the show has already done with other characters. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Well, at at this point, not doing it interestingly. At this point, Raylan and Clement have had like what three conversations, you know what I'm saying like, yeah
0: they've only met a th- like three times to- like the lawyer's office hotel yeah, they've had like three conversations like, it's, you know
1: what, it's what I'm saying so it's not it's the- not this big epic rivalry you know it's just like he's just he's trying to kill this guy and then he kills this guy, right
0: um, yeah, and you have to you have to take the sh- you have to meet the story where it is um and so for where it is, I think like I see what you're trying to do. And I think you get part of the way there. And I don't think you fall down completely. But I think you're like when a gym, you know, like when you're watching the Olympics and a gymnast or an ice skater, they land and they kind of wobble a little bit. Mm -hmm. They don't fall. It's not over. They're not out of the running, but you know, they're going to get a few points deducted. I feel like it's that. It's like they didn't fail. They're not out of it. It's still going on. But there's a few points off here for the wobbly landing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I to sum it up, I think like my my position on it is, it really does feel like these two characters needed to have a more interesting relationship for this killing to mean something. I'm also really disappointed that we don't see what happens afterwards. We see there's a six week time jump, but we don't see what happens after. Like, does is Raylan able to say it's justified because?
0: Uh, well, I think the Haman assumption is that you- yeah. That yeah, because Clement had even though he wasn't reaching for it, he had a gun on him and he had just murdered all of the Albanians <laughs> yeah, in fair. a way that that's is fair. going to be very scary on the six o'clock news. Yes, <laughs> like,
1: that's fair. That's fair.
0: Um so well, I think we're supposed to just make that intuitive leap ourselves. Like, yeah, yeah, he's gonna get off the hook for this. Uh
1: but despite my qualms of the storytelling here. Again, shout out to the way this scene is shot and staged. Most of the episodes like super dark, by the way, uh, which is kind of difficult, <laughs> yeah. honestly. When I was watching, I watched it on YouTube TV, and it was very muddy because the streaming was not equipped to handle the yeah. level of darkness.
0: It's that so. horrible, yeah, gray blue color grading, yeah. just dark, 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 yeah. dark. Yeah. <laughs> a plague, a plague on modern television.
1: Six weeks later, back in Miami, Dan Grant retires and Raylan quits. Carolyn writes Raylan a letter. She is now a judge. She's moving out of Jamal's dumb house, offering to visit Miami in the winter, and says she's one of the few people who understands Raylan's early retirement. Winona returns with Willa. Raylan and Willa are going out to spend a day on the water. Raylan says maybe they can learn to drive a boat together. This would be a perfect ending for this chapter in the Raylan Given saga, as Raylan has laid another ghost to rest his need to always get his man. He has learned to let go and can finally devote himself to Willa. End of story. So, and I guess that's where the show ends, right? Uh, now, and,
0: and if it had ended there, I would have felt like, I would, I would say <laughs> this is like a, like a B. If it ended there, I would say like B plus, maybe A minus if I'm feeling generous.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, let's, um, talk, about, let's talk about this for, for a second. First of all, I, I got to say, um, I called it, Sarah Mars, like, the whole Willa... Mm -hmm. I I, I literally predicted exactly Mm -hmm. how the show would handle Willa.
0: You were right. Um,
1: So, you know, a little little pat on the back for myself there. Uh, Winona returns. Were you excited to see Winona come back? I think she has remarried in the interim. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I I don't really care. Again, like talking about is this whole thing justified and did we need to bring Raylan back? It's like that. We get that little flash forward at the end of season six, where we find that Raylan and Winona are getting along. They're not together, but they're co-parenting. Well, everything seems fine. They seem to be doing pretty good in Miami. And that is exactly where we end up. So did we need to do this? No. Did I enjoy it? Mostly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, uh, that's what I should, that's my mantra for this whole podcast, by the way, uh, decoding TV. Did we need to do this? No. Did I enjoy it? Mostly. <laughs> uh, the uh, something you called, you predicted this correctly, Sarah Mars, is that Carolyn would eventually get the judgeship that she wanted. Yes, she basically sanctioned the extrajudicial killing of one of her clients, but compared to Judge Roy, that was really... Is, it was it Keith David's Judge Roy, right?
0: Guy. Uh, it's the Judge guy. guy,
1: sorry. Compared to Judge Guy, that's basically a walk in the park. So... <laughs> She she did nothing wrong and she should be a judge. Um, so you called that one, Sarah. So we both we both got something right for the ending, right? Any mm-hmm. other thoughts on this whole? And 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 I'll just say, uh, as I said, Raylan's arc being, hey, I need to leave this stupid job which forces me to kill people uh, to be with my family. I don't think is a terrible arc for that character. It's not the greatest. No, it's, it's not. It's, but but it's like hey that, if that's if that's what you're trying to say with Raylan Gibbons that's okay it's not the it could have been better could have been more but it's fine
0: right and and maybe that's where they were trying to get with Willa and again just not having time and having so much to do and as we've seen like undercutting the Albanian stuff because there wasn't enough time um, is maybe maybe if if that time that we did have with her was differently utilized or if we had more time with her like maybe it would have played a little better that because I do think that's Raylan's arc I do think it's. It's that thing of of knowing when it's time to go. Because we hear the story from Wendell about Raymond Cruz, who's the protagonist in the book, is he overstayed his welcome. He didn't, yeah. he was a cop a little too long. And he had a bad, he, well, not like a bad shooting. He wasn't like in jail for it. But it was the same kind of circumstance, which is, it is actually what happens in the book with Raymond and Clement, where he reaches for a bottle opener and Raymond shoots him, is the story Raymond tells uh, Raylan, that night in the bar, is, you know, I was involved in this shooting, and somebody was, you know, we were in a standoff, and he reached for something, and I shot him, and it turned out to be a bottle opener. Um, it's the same thing then for Raylan is he's in a standoff, and, and Clement reaches for something, and it turns out to be a tape. Um, so it's it's a thing of of learning when to let go, and that's Raylan's thing is he can't let it go. Like he he can't turn, he can't take those fugitives to Detroit, encounter Clement Manzel, and go. Oh, good luck with that guy and just head back to Florida. He can't do that. He has to stay and see it through. And so by the end, like if the arc concludes with Raylan has put that to bed and he has learned like you're going to have to just let things go. If you want to have any kind of life, you know, any anything left with, you know, people in your life with your daughter, like you're just going to have to walk away from this. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a fine arc. Um, kind of like with everything in this finale. I don't think the scaffolding is 100 percent there. But again, it's like it's not a total faceplant; It's just a little wobbly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the big question for me is, did we need Willa to be a character in the series to accomplish? No. The arc, right. Like, <laughs> could, could, could you no. could they have accomplished this with like a few like three scenes and a phone call? instead of like mm-hmm. having her be a major character in the first two episodes.
0: Again, I, I, I said before, all we need to know is that he's trying to get to Florida because it's his time with Willa and he's held up. We don't have to see her. We don't have to hear her. We just have to have Raylan say, oh, I've got to get to Florida. And then we're like, okay, well, now we know where we're at. Do you, and, you ever see Arrested Development?
1: Know, yeah. Yeah. You remember Tom Jane's character in Arrested Development? He's like, I just want my kids back. You know, like that's, yeah. it's a very common trope in these types of shows. And it's like, Hey, he, he just, Raylan Givens just wants his kids back. You know, that's his whole deal, right? That's his whole deal. Yeah. So,
0: um, but it's, it, it, she didn't need to be a character. That's time that probably would have been better spent on the Albanians or Clement. Yes. It might've been time better spent with Raylan and Clement. Again, they probably needed, and it, you have to meet the show for where it is and for where it is, for what they were reaching for. I think they mostly got there, not quite, quite as clean and neat and tidy as they did the first time, but more or less they're at least hitting the target somewhere in the vicinity of center mass. You know, like they're at least in the neighborhood of what they're trying to do. Um,
1: I, I did like all the Raylan Clement confrontations in the show. You know, like they I think yeah, they were I, all tense and really well done. And, uh, and yeah, we, it would have been nice to have more of them even. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I was thinking like, if somebody brought me this as a story and was like, edit this, I would be like, well, cut that Willow character. She's accomplishing nothing. Um, <laughs> and spend that time on Toma. We need to understand yeah, those final decisions right, that he's right. making. Or cut that scene. Either he needs to be built up better so that all yeah, lands. Or better, just don't even have
1: him as a character, you know. T- don't yeah. even
0: do it. Um and, and I honestly think like the route with Clement is like maybe Raylan should have heard of him. Maybe he and Raylan should have had a pre-existing right. history. It exactly. doesn't need to be exactly it yeah. doesn't need to be a Boyd Crowder level we dug coal thing but Raylan's been a marshal for like 20 something years. Like yeah. maybe he, maybe he's encountered Clement before and he doesn't need to be caught up to speed. Maybe it starts with him seeing Clement and going, fuck. Cause he knows what it means. Like,
1: yeah. I, I agree um, with you. And I, I agree with you about the Albanians. Like I, I think the Albanians were the biggest miss this whole season. Like yeah. that it could have been so much more because the talent was there. Like, uh the Skender's buddy right like that was an amazing actor and Skender himself really interesting character Toma himself like there's so much there that felt like you're just scratching the surface uh, mm-hmm. and then yeah Clement and Raylan's pre-existing relationship that could have been a thing as well so a bunch of missed opportunities in the season there's one last thing I want to say before we get to the ending ending uh Sarah Mars and that is uh, I'm a little bit bummed that they didn't really explain whether or not Clement had someone working for him on the inside. Right. I think like the, you could assume that Maureen and Clement were in cahoots, but it's not at all clear from the show as far as I can (laughs) tell. Right. Like, um, and so Raylan gives that whole speech about this guy just keeps getting so lucky. And I, I I guess Clement just really was actually lucky. Is that kind of what we're supposed to take away from that? Yeah, Yeah.
0: I guess he's just a really lucky guy. Um, Yeah, no, they, they don't, they leave some big threads. Like I I said before, and I'll bring it up. Always. The only thread dangling from original justified is the fate of Tim Gutterson. Everything Mm. else got capped off. Um, But I think this time there's a lot of dangling threads. We don't know what happened to Sandy. We don't know what happened to Marine. What was somebody helping Clement, or was he just that lucky? Um, And if you really, if we were supposed to understand him to just be that lucky, like he's so chaotic that he's just slipping around, we needed smaller, inconsequential moments where we see that luck playing out in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, again, like it's just not quite there. And we don't know, I guess. I think the way it was set up in that moment when they meet him in the park and they're trying to take him down, it seemed like, yeah, somebody had to tip him off. Like how else would, or did he just smell the setup from that far away? But again, I don't think, I don't think they established that. They didn't explain, they didn't
1: explain, they never explained. They never explained what was going on there. Uh, I guess it's just ambiguous. Um, Yeah.
0: And it can be ambiguity can be fine. Um, But I think you have to be careful.
1: Except the show makes it very clear that it's not interested in leaving things ambiguous with one of our major characters. Okay, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Ambiguity can be fine, you were saying. It it can be fine, but you have to be selective. Everything can't be ambiguous. You have to be selective. And if something is going to be ambiguous, you have to present the option. You know, like, again, mm-hmm. if we're supposed to think, oh, he has someone working for him, well, then you stage things a certain way. So we make that leap if we're supposed to think. But maybe he's just really lucky. We need to see that playing out in different ways with different, like, inconsequential yeah. moments. Or, or, where he's or just, maybe like, he's like luckless. a
1: genius, you know, which I don't. Or, yeah. Which I don't or believe. Or but-
0: we need to see a demonstration of, you know, when he avoids. And he avoids the trap with Hina, the roommate. But that's also like he doesn't care are we supposed to think he's like, that's a setup. I'm not going. Or are we just supposed to think, why would he care? Why would he involve himself in Sandy's roommate's problem? He yeah. doesn't give a shit, which is how that scene really plays. It's like, he just doesn't give a shit. Why would he bother right. with Sandy's roommate?
1: Exactly. exactly um, yeah.
0: So we needed like something to establish earlier on. He's very lucky and always on, on whether it's big things like skating out of that murder charge five years before or small things like, just finding 20 bucks on the street. Like, just luck seems to follow this guy in a way that is like, what the hell? Um, or we need some resolution to, you know, somebody being involved with him on the inside. Like, they're, again, you can leave it ambigu- ambiguous, but you have to give the options of is it this or is it that. Unresolved is not ambiguous. It's just unresolved.
1: It's a bummer we didn't get resolution of that also. Uh, you know, the whole, for many episodes, Raylan's trying to put together like, wait, why did he kill Judge Guy? Like, what was the relationship there? I, we, as the viewers, know that it was just a random act of chance. Um, but I don't think that's ever really like there, I don't think there's a moment where that's communicated to Raylan, and he's like, "Oh, I guess it was just random. Did I miss that? Maybe I missed that, but
0: No, I don't I don't think there was a Maybe really he puts it together of- by the
1: end, you know, but it it's it's it felt like a thing where the show is building up to him realizing, "Hey, by the way, we all all just sub- subject to fate's whims, aren't we?" You know, but that never happened either. So that was another weird thing that didn't pay off. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So that's the end of the show, except and I, I I don't know about you, but I was stunned when this happened, right?
0: They kept it under wraps. Yeah.
1: Jump to Kentucky. And is this in the book? Boyd Crowder is not in the book, right? Like this is a whole, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So jump to Kentucky where Boyd Crowder is still in jail. He's toting a Bible once again, preaching to his fellow inmates. He says his health is declining. He's being transferred to a hospital for diagnosis, but wait, it's all a ruse. He's actually seduced a guard and makes his escape during transport. Got to give a shout out also to, uh, Luis Guzman, who plays one of the guards, uh, and uh, one of the greatest character actors of all time. And I think uh, Anna O'Reilly plays the other guard who kind of he falls in love with Boyd Crowder. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, while Raylan is hanging out with Will on the boat, he sees an alert about Boyd's escape. He blows it off, but then a call comes in from the marshal's office in Lexington, Kentucky, and then we cut to black. This is a highly controversial ending, Sarah Morris for one can imagine a wide variety of reasons. I'm going to list a few, but I really want to hear your reaction. First of all, it takes one of the greatest TV shows ending, show endings of all time and and makes it incomplete. It makes a complete thought incomplete, right? Like that was a great Mm -hmm. ending as you, as you pointed out earlier. And now it's like, actually that didn't happen. Boyd's off in the wind, and who knows? And maybe Raylan's gonna have another adventure with him? Question mark. Depending on the ratings for Justified, City, Primeval. Uh, but also, it throws into stark relief that hey, Boyd Crowder is just a more interesting character than Clement Mansell. <laughs> and he compares Clement Mansell compares very unfavorably to Boyd Crowder. Even the six minutes of him that we see at the end of here. So. I think a lot of people have been experiencing that and wondering, hey, what could this show have been if it was with Boyd Crowder and uh, Raylan Givens instead of what it was? Sarah Mars, what did you think about this ending?
0: Ugh, second critical error. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it it ruins what was a good ending for the original Justified. Um, And this is want versus need. Sure, we want Boyd to come back, but do we need him to? No. Yes. And I'm going to go back again to what Jesse Armstrong said about the end of Succession, partly because it's recency bias and it just yeah. happened. Are you going to spoil, are you gonna spoil he,
1: the ending? Let's just be clear if you're going to spoil it or not.
0: No. no okay, no spoilers um, But I think it also okay. demonstrates the want versus need, where after the finale of Succession, people were like, oh, what happens next? What happens to this character, that character? Who? What, what move does this person make next? And Jesse Armstrong was like, well, it doesn't matter. The story was this and it's over. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was – the story of Boyd Crowder was – he ends up in jail, and that's it. It's over. We don't need anything more. Whatever we may want, he's a great character. Whatever we may want, we don't need it. And they gave in to the want, and it's like, okay, well, now you've stepped on. You had a great ending, and now you've stepped on it. Um, and it sort of un- undoes that thing of like, did did Raylan? If the whole point of City Primeval is that Raylan learns how to let go and moves on from being a lawman and stops defining himself by that. Occupation? Well, does he? <laughs> you know, it's like it's like now we have an open door and you, you don't know you're gonna get another season. You, you don't make promises that you can't keep. And um, you know, so I, I really, you know, I love Walton Goggins, it's great to see him, blah, blah, blah. But I also feel like he shouldn't have done this. And it also made me think, and I love both Boyd Holbrook and nothing against him, but it made me think, oh, this should have been the show. Mm -hmm. If you're bringing Justified back, it should have started with Boyd busting out and it should have been Raylan on the cusp of retirement. Just like maybe like a week from his final day as a marshal, Boyd busts out and oh, he's got to go back one more, one last ride before the end. Um, That should have been the show. If you're bringing Justified back, oh, it turns out, no, you didn't need to do City Primeval. You needed to do that. That was the show. And there's even a line from Willow where she says she wants to go to Harlan, and Raylan's obviously like no. <laughs> but I think it would have been an interesting use of Willow as a teenager if he had spent his time keeping her away from that, you know, because to him it's tainting her in some way, mm-hmm. and then he has to go on this hunt for Boyd, and somehow she tags along or is involved, and and she actually gets to see Harlan and see that part of her father's life and that might've been more meaningful than the way she was utilized here. So yeah, the minute Boyd showed up, I was just like, Oh no. And then they did the whole thing. And I was like, well, this should have been the show like this Raylan versus Boyd. That should have been the show. So,
1: well, with Raylan versus Boyd, you know, you're not the first person to say that. Right. And uh, it's a very reasonable reaction because Really, justified was kind of a two hander with Raylan and Boyd. Like they were the they were the two animating forces behind the show, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, to play devil's advocate, there there is theoretically value in having a character that is not Boyd be Raylan's rival, right? Um, but I don't know, as what you said earlier, I don't know that the show fully stuck the landing on making Clement Mansell as an idea particularly interesting, right? Raylan and Boyd bring up a lot of interesting character, interesting ideas, like this idea of friends who have been turned against each other and um, what it means when you're on opposite sides of the law and all this stuff like that, uh, that I don't feel like we get those same associations with Clement Mansell. And so I don't think it was inherently bad to try to have a new character. And Sarah Mars, we've also seen plenty of times when they've tried to reboot people with, you know, reboot shows of the same characters and it goes badly. So I don't mm-hmm. think it was like That's out good. of the question for them to try to mix it up a little bit. But maybe they didn't mix it up enough. You know, maybe, maybe they should have mixed it up even more. Um, or, or maybe it's just an executional issue with all the things that we've already discussed. Either way, it seems like, Sarah Mars, you'll be maybe happy if we get a Justified City Primeval Season 2. But if this is the way that this ends, if this is the way the Raylan Boyd storyline ends... Not great. unsatisfying, not great, not
0: great. Yeah. And, and they had it, they had it in the bag, <laughs> you know, it's like, you did it. What are you, what are you doing? So, you know, in terms of like, if you're going to adapt city primeval, Clement Menzel is the antagonist in that book. Fine. You're going to make Raylan the protagonist. Great. Um, I think after eight episodes, what we see is don't bring Boyd into it. Cause it's just never, it, it doesn't matter who the actor is. It doesn't matter who the character is. I don't think Boyd Crowder is one of the great antiheroes of recent, like maybe 30 years television. Like he's an amazing character. People really love him. Just leave him out of it entirely. Again, you already sewed that up. Um, and yeah, Clement probably needed more, you know, Yeah. like he probably needed a little bit more. And this is the kind of thing this is where I get a little bit frustrated with television. Um, is because of the way it is made where it's like, I really wish you could have all of your scripts done and polished before you go into production. And when TV shows do that, you can tell, you can tell when they went in with the whole thing written. And it doesn't mean you're not making adjustments on the day. You surely are. The writer's work is never done, but you go in knowing the beginning, the middle, and the end, you know, the path and it makes a difference and it feels like they didn't quite have it all nailed down for city primeval. And there's just that messiness. Again, I don't think it's a total failure. I enjoyed it. Mostly liked it. I don't think they quite stick the landing as cleanly as they did the first time. I think bringing Boyd back was a huge mistake. All right. As fun as he is, as much as people love him and Walton Goggins, I just think it was a huge mistake.
1: Indeed. Well, we are very curious to hear what you think uh be sure to email us at decoding at gmail.com you know reginald wrote in at decoding at gmail.com and he uh wr- writes that the the episode left the door open for a lot of interesting possibilities like will winona and raylan get back together will carolyn and raylan rekindle their romance and will yeah. boyd and raylan resume their cat and mouse game the great things about all these potential storylines is you can leave things where they are and be satisfied or you can indulge a little bit more because any of these plot lines would be good material for a sequel End quote. So uh, there's one, Reginald's one fan of where the show left things. We want to hear from you. Let us know what you thought of the season finale of Justified City Primeval. Uh, I think Sarah and I were both a little bit let down by some of the decisions that they made, and we want to hear if you uh, liked it or not. So email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. Uh, we'll do one more bonus episode. And again, I want to say thanks to Sarah for joining us for this season. Thanks to you all for listening. Sarah Mars, you want to tell people where they can find more of your work on the internet this week?
0: My work is on laneygossip.com. film and TV reviews appear on Rotten Tomatoes under Sarah Mars. And I'm on various social medias at Cinesnark
1: and be sure to subscribe to this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com email us at decodingtvgmail.com and become a paid subscriber. Support this podcast at decodingtv.com. Sarah Mars, let's do our favorite lines from the episode. Any uh, favorite quote from the episode
0: for you? Um, well, I liked Raylan's line. If your mama had wheels, she'd be a streetcar." classic Raylan Givens one-liner
1: <laughs> yeah it was uh, wh- what was that in context he was like facing off against Clement at that point right
0: yeah it's when he meets Clement for the last time in Carolyn's house and Clement's just talking <laughs> like he does and Raylan basically just says if your mom he says oh it, it, we could have been friends or whatever right and like, well if your mama had wheels she'd be a streetcar <laughs> right, right. It, just, it, it reminded me of when he said I forget it was just like some sort of inconsequential heavy but he said uh me and dead owls don't give a hoot (laughs) it's that level of just like i don't care stop talking
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, i liked carolyn describing uh her her previous friend question mark diane rogers saying that she turned out to be dirtier than the playboy mansion zacuzzi which is (laughs) yeah but (laughs) also i mean like that was your colleague that was your colleague carolyn you were just (laughs) and it's and are you that are you that much better carolyn are you that much better I mean, you you basically betrayed one of your clients. Okay, anyway.
0: Again, he was a complete psychopath. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, that there was some again, like I I truly I was a little bit disappointed in the finale. I do think they made a couple big mistakes, but there are still those great justified moments the, these what these lines of dialogue, these confrontational moments are so great. Um, And when they do what they do well, it's so good that when they only kind of do it halfway, I'm just like, oh, I really wanted you to, like, take that all the way, and you didn't quite.
1: Indeed. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting about this season with you, Sarah Mars. She is Sarah Mars. I am David Chen. You're listening to Decoding TV, wherever your podcasts can be found and on YouTube.com slash Decoding TV. We got coverage of How To With John Wilson coming up next week and a bunch of other stuff this fall.